0: Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. We're going to continue in on our series entitled Passionate Followers. And if you have been here for the the last couple weeks, we're going over and going through a series that's looking at our mission statement and who Oasis is, and then we're going through the core values of our church. And so really, if you are a guest, you are uh, joining us at an awesome time to really get a a heart for for where we are as a church and where we're intending to go and kind of who we are a little bit. And, And the intention as we're looking at passionate followers of Christ, our mission statement says this, to be and create passionate followers of Christ. At the core of that is that you and I would be passionately following after Christ in everything that we do. And so inside of that, we as a church are striving to to create, I guess you would say, environments and opportunities to to help you to become passionate followers, but also to engage others, to bring them along, to do the same. And so this morning, we're looking at our third core value— of walk with Him... And so, as we've gone through this, the last several weeks, really, last week is almost a catalyst for the next several weeks. And as we look at our core values, our first one is to know Him. And that is that we would intimately come to a place where we would know Christ as Savior, and then that we would walk with Him in in knowing Him more intimately through our, our, our quiet times with the Lord, through prayer time, through God's Word, through worship, through different things. Last week, we looked at worship. And that we looked at worship and we gave it basically a definition with two parts to that One of them is an attitude of worship And so last week I mentioned this that our attitude is that reverence or that all that respect Within our lives that we would give that to god And then the second part of that is that we would have an action Based on our worship and so we talked about it last week that of in God's Word it speaks of an attitude of worship that, or an action of worship to be that it may be a bowing of prayer. It may be that we are physically uh, bowing ourselves or that we are physically doing something, but it's also an action that we are serving God. And so this morning we're going to look at uh, passionately walk with the intent that we are actively in the action portion of our worship that we are actively serving, that we are actively engaged in the work that God has for us to do. And I am, I'm really looking forward to this morning to go through some of these thoughts. And, uh, as we look at this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share, um, a, a, I don't know if it would be necessarily a definition, but as we, as I've been studying and as I look at this thought of walking with him, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. And in there it says, uh, in verse number 6, it says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And as I was studying and as I was looking at that passage and and kind of reading and understanding it better, it says or it means this, the phrase or the idea of walking with Him is that we would live in union with Him and that we would maintain a lifestyle patterned after Him. That we would live in union with Him but that our lifestyle would be patterned after Him. And so as I go through this morning and as we're looking at that we would passionately walk and that we as our, as our lives would walk with Him, that we would serve Him, it is just that, that our lives would be in union with Christ and that we would do everything that we can to pattern who we are, what we are, what we're doing according to Him. And so this morning we're going to look at all of those things. As I were to go, if I were to go back through our series that we've been doing, the foundational piece that I laid out that very first week was really this. That at the base of our walk with God has to be our love relationship with Him. At the foundational part of all that we're talking about and of your walk with God, it has to be that we would love Him. And if you go back with me for just a second, I made reference a lot within the marriage relationship, our personal, uh, physical relationships that we have here on earth. I made reference in the marriage relationship that, that if, I, I shared the illustration that if a man who though he goes to work every day and works a 10, 12, 14 hour day and he he makes great money and he provides a great living and he provides for his family, but his wife is saying, husband, where are you? There's a disconnect somewhere. And he says, but I provide all of these things for you. I provide the nice car, and I provide the nice house, and I provide all of the clothes that you wear, and we have the greatest things. And she says, but you aren't here. And he says, but look at all that I'm doing for you. She says, but I just want you. And in our love relationship with God it has to it's very similar. Listen, so many times we do so many things and we kind of say, "But God, look at all of these things I'm doing for you. God, I was in church this morning and and God, I taught a Sunday school class and God, I I I I changed some diapers and and God, I was there cleaning and God, I did this and God, I did look look at all that I did for you." And Jesus and God is just saying, "Hey, but I just want you. I just want you." I don't want all of those things that you're providing for me. God just says, I just want you. And so as we go to the foundation of this whole series of of passionately knowing and and, and loving and worshiping and and walking with him. And next week is sharing him. And the following week is that we would be a united family. At the foundation of all of that has to be our love relationship with him. Listen, I share and I mean this. God desires your service. God wants you to serve. Listen, I want you to serve. I believe with all of my heart, and maybe it's just because of how I am wired, serving is so vital for me personally in my walk with God. But if I'm serving just to please God because I am providing Him with something, He says, no, I just want you. I just want you. Because if he has just me, if he has all of me, and I'm saying, God, I love you, and God, here I am, and and God, I'm devoted, and God, here, and, and I'm just dumping everything onto God, guess what? Naturally, I will do all of the other things because that will become a natural part of who I am. I said this statement probably two years ago and it's become one that I've made more personal to me is that I do not serve you. I serve God. In serving God, I get to serve you. If we can grab a hold of that thought in every area of everything that we do, I don't serve You, for some of you, you're like, whoa, time out. You're the pastor. Your job is to make sure that we are happy here. (laughs) I'll do my best, but I'll let you know this. I will fail and you will be upset at some point in your time being here. My job is not to serve you. My job is to be on my knees to know Christ in a better, more intimate way so that I can then serve you. And as I genuinely walk with him and serve him, I get the opportunity to love and to serve you. And it's the same thing for you. For those that sit up here and play the drums or play an instrument or or sing with the microphone. And for those of them, those that are in the classroom right now and Kenny is, is screaming and yelling and making noise and you'll hear the kids in, throughout the next hour. With, with those, they're If they're just serving those kids, then they're really missing the whole point. But in serving God, they get that opportunity. And so as we go through today and as we go through this whole thought this morning, it is that we have a heart to to love God. And in our love of God and in our service to God, we get to serve one another and we get to do these things. It is no longer about the do's and don'ts That we put inside of our Christian relationship with God. We so often say this is my Christian life. And these are all the things that I have to do. And I have to discipline myself so that I don't do this and that I don't do that. And I don't say this and I don't say that. And and I have to do all of this stuff. And God says, no, it's not a matter of you doing those things and living according to this value system that people have placed on this Christian life. He says, love me. Love me. And once you begin to love me, all of these other things, they just fall right into place. See, when I was a child, I don't think I really said this too often, but when I was a child, it may have been, mom and dad are dragging me to church. If you have kids here tonight, or this morning, it may be that your kids are like, yeah, mom and dad drag me to church every week. I'm always being drugged to church every week. See, that desire should change in our walk with God. It should no longer be that I'm being drugged to church or that I, I just have to go to church or they're always bugging me to work in the nursery or they're making me do this or they're always asking for money or they're always asking for that or they're always wanting something. No, at some point in your love relationship with God, it becomes, look what I get to do. I desire to give. I desire to serve in the nursery. I desire to do this because God has gifted me this way. God has laid that on my heart and as I love Love him i'm able to serve him i'm able to worship him through my service and through the action of what god has laid on my heart why because i am falling in love with god it's the same thing that goes back to our relationship with our spouse or with relationships that you have it may have been early on that i thought in my marriage well i better do these things for my wife to make her happy Which, men, you should make your wife happy. <laughs> there you go. But at the same time, if I'm doing those things because here's the list of to-dos that I better do to make my wife happy, I'm really not doing anything other than living under a... a I'm in a am in a bondage. I'm in bondage. Because if I don't do these things then she's going to be miserable and then home is going to be miserable. Well here's what I've learned. That as I love her, I do those because I want to. Because I desire to make her happy. I desire to love her. And it's natural to do those things. Now there's times that it's harder than others. And it's not because of anything that she does, but it's We're human beings. And I might not want to do that today because it was a long day at work and I'm tired. It's the same thing in your walk with God. There's going to come a time where it's like, man, this is a little bit more of a struggle. Yes, God, I love you. But today it's it's tough. Today I read my Bible and I'm going, God, I don't know that you showed me anything. I'm just doing this because I'm... I need to do this, but I really don't know what's going on with this passage of Scripture today. God, I'm praying to you because I know I'm supposed to. And because I want to, but it's really—it's a tough struggle right now. There's dry seasons and there's times that are tougher than others. But we do that. Why? Because out of love, love isn't, isn't just an emotional thing. Love is a desire. It's something that we intentionally do. So this morning, if you would go with me to Colossians chapter number 2. Colossians chapter number 2 will be in the first seven verses this morning. And then we'll get through some points and we will be out of here. But Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse number 1. If you don't have a Bible, uh, the passage will be up on the screen as well. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of the understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should be guiled, ye should beguile you with enticing words, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving father god i ask that you would use your word to pierce into the hearts of those that are here god that you would be exalted on high in jesus name amen this morning we're coming in to a passage of scripture and i'm going to spend a few moments and it hopefully it'll all kind of come together as we look at this but really it it and in essence, the act of service in our churches really begins at the foundational pieces. I've been I've hounded for the last several minutes on love. And as we love, we naturally do certain things. And as we go through this passage of Scripture, if we, it really almost takes us through our core values inside of this one passage. Because it's going to speak of knowing God. It's going to speak of our worship and a desire and that there's, there's things that we have to do. And out of those things, we would naturally walk in Him, is what it says here. And so this morning, as we look at this, Paul is writing this passage of Scripture and Paul writes to the church at Colossae, and he's, he's saying there at the beginning, listen, I wish that I was with you. I, I, I Basically, in a nutshell, he's saying, I love you, church. Church, I am, I am praying for you. I am longing for you. I love you. He is trying the best that he can in the words that he's writing to, to shepherd them and to encourage them and to just say how much he, he loves them. For I, He says, I, 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 for I would or for I wish you would know what great conflict I have for you. What great passion I have. What great love that I have. And he goes on throughout here that their hearts might be comforted and, and so on and so forth. And as we look at this this morning, my very first point is this. That we would have an encouraged heart. That we would have an encouraged heart. If we look in verse number 2, it says that their hearts might be comforted. Or that word might be comforted would be that they might be encouraged. And then it says being knit together in love. But Paul says, hey, I I wish that, that your heart would be comforted. I wish that you were encouraged. Paul was, as I just stated, being a pastor... Paul was pleading as the pastor to say, I hope that you are comforted. I hope that you would, would come. And, and really what he is saying in that passage, that as he says that, that he would be encouraged. And, and what that word is and what that thought is of being encouraged is to call somebody alongside of you. Paul is saying, I want you to come alongside of me. I'm encouraging you to come alongside. Hey, I don't know about you, but one of the most encouraging things for me in my life is when somebody comes, comes beside me or comes up to me and says, Hey, would you join me with this? When somebody kind of affirms to you, Hey, what you're doing is okay. Why don't you come alongside? Why don't we go do this together? As a son, one of the greatest things that I enjoyed about dad was when dad would say, hey, let's go shoot hoops together. Let's go throw a ball. Hey, son, let's go and do whatever it was. And we would do that together. He said, hey, come alongside of me. Let's go and do this. Or maybe he would say, hey, let's go out to the garage or let's go out to the driveway and let's get under the car and let's change the oil. Or let's do something together. And Paul was saying, I'm encouraging you. I want you to come alongside. I want you to go with me. Hey, the same thing that I would say this morning that I am pleading with you over the last several weeks and over the last several years is, hey, I don't have it all together, but come alongside. Let's go together. Let's do this thing. Let me encourage each other. Let's encourage each other. In our vision statement, it says that we would know Christ and that we would encourage one another daily. And that we would come alongside of each other. Listen. One thing, if there is one thing that I've heard over and over and over, over the last couple of years, is that we are a church that is a family that loves each other. I sat down with the young man this week, and he said one of the. He just said that basic exact thing. He thing. Blah, blah, blah. Did you get all that? I don't know what I just said, but he said. He said when he was here just a couple of weeks ago, he said I was so encouraged. Because I knew that it was a tight church of people that cared for each other. But they didn't just only care for each other. Because he felt welcomed and comforted being here. So it wasn't just that we only talked to each other. But he felt welcomed into the conversation. That means a lot. It means a lot that there's families that are here that don't have families here. And this is their church. This is their family. It means a lot that there's a family that that came from, I'll just use my family, we came from Ohio. I don't have family here. I don't have aunts and uncles. Uh, Our kids don't have aunts and uncles in town. But here's what I love. I love that the only People, not the only people, but the people that my children look up to the most are inside of this room. I love that my children have grown up with the Houstons. They've grown up with the McCoys. They've grown up with the Burns. And those are some of their best friends. That's what they know. So though they don't call Marcus Uncle Marcus or Aunt Elizabeth... In essence, though, that's what they are to my kids. Because when I have an issue and we have a concern or where something major is going on, we pick up the phone and Elizabeth is one of the first people that we call, or Isabel is one of the first people that we call, or those are the families that we go to and say, hey, this came up, we have to go do this, could you take the kids for the day? And it's just like calling a brother or sister and absolutely. Hey, we've come alongside of each other. We've encouraged each other in that. And as we go through this morning and as we look at these things, none of that was in my notes, and I don't know where I'm at in my notes. But as we look at these, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 21 it says, The one who loves God should love his brother also. We should have an encouraged heart. We should have that heart of of coming together. Paul was urging that their hearts be strengthened. He wasn't appealing to their emotions, but that they would be strengthened in order to not fall into the teachings of things, of people that were coming in. Again, all of Paul's letters, he writes something in there about those that are coming in, and he says to beware. There's always a caution in basically every letter that Paul writes, and here is no different. But he says, hey, strengthen together, bond together, come alongside of one another. And this morning as we continue on this thought of walking with him and this this idea of being passionate in him, I'm coming to you, would you come alongside of me, would you come alongside of the ones that sit beside you and walk together that we see God do something amazing here at Oasis Baptist Church and in this valley so that we would be encouraged, or that we would have an encouraged heart. The second thought is that we would have a united love. Again, Paul is is desiring that they would be encouraged, that they would be strengthened, that they would come alongside of each other, that they would then, in that, be united together. See, there's something to a church that is united in love. There's something to a church that is uniting with the person beside beside you because you are coming alongside of you. Listen, if I'm praying for the people that are sitting if you're praying, I'm no one sitting beside me, if you're praying for the people that are sitting beside you. And you're pleading to God on God's behalf, then you're certainly not at the same time talking to the friend on the other side of you about how dumb the person is on the other side. Why? Because you're united. You're encouraging each other. You're lifting each other up. You are coming alongside of somebody. Hey, there's no, I've not hidden some of my own personal, I don't want to call them struggles, but I will just for lack of a better term, some of my own personal struggles in becoming the pastor of this church four years ago. I've not hidden that. I've been very open and honest with every person that's walked through these doors. That God has called me here. But there was a lot of learning that I needed to do and I needed to grow in different areas. And I still do. But I say that this morning for this. I look at so many of you that are still here today. And you came alongside of me and you said, Pastor, we're here with you. Pastor, we love you. We're going to pray with you. And we're going to walk through this together. And today I can stand here and I can say all of those things. One, I was encouraged because of you coming alongside. But also I look at that and I think of the united front that we do have for those that have been here. And for those that have seen. And now people are coming in from the outside because they see something. Or they're sensing something. Or whatever it is that God has led them here to come and visit. Or to be a guest. Or whatever that would be. People joining in. However that is. But a lot of that comes because there was an encouragement. Of somebody coming alongside of of me or coming alongside of us. And then now we look at it and there's a united love that is inside of this room. See, as we do all of those things, as we look at all these things, there were and there have been people that have said, hey, this isn't going to work. In Paul's day, he was saying, listen, you've got to be united. You've got to be united because if you're united, then when those people that are coming in, now this was speaking of doctrinal heresy and different teachings and false teachings, but there were always somebody that will say, hey, this ain't going to work. Listen, four years ago, many of you know this, and some of you are guests for the first time, and you're like, I don't know that I want to hear this. But four years ago, I heard multiple times, pastor, just shut the doors and go start it somewhere else. Many times. And I thought, but I I can't. At the same time I would come home and I would speak to many and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing or what to do, but I can't just shut those doors. I can't. And then I would get a phone call from Murray or I'd get a phone call from Mike or from Alan or for Rich or, or from a number of different men and they would say, hey, pastor, praying for you. What can we do? Where can we go? How can we do this? People come along united in love and we watched God do a miraculous thing. I look at all of these things and as we've come united and i the intention really this united love could be that last passage or that last part of our series in a couple weeks. But we must encourage one another. We must be united in love as Paul was to that body, encouraging them to be knit together. To come alongside of one another. and That, that, that they were doing that then, we are doing that today. Galatians chapter 3 says, For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. John 17, Jesus is praying in verse number 20. He says, Neither pray I for these things, or for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and thou and me, that thou may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. God, over oh, Jesus is praying here, and over and over he says that they would be one, that we would be one, that they would be one as we are one. And he says that over and over. God's intention was for the body to be united. And Paul was pleading on the behalf of the church there at Colossae that they would be united. That they would come alongside of one another and they would be one. Ephesians 4 says in 4 chapter chapter 4 verse 3, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Speaks of the, the church being diligent to maintain that unity. Again, that's a whole sermon in and of itself the unity of the church really that's multiple sermons but in this passage of scripture paul is pleading that they would encourage that they would come alongside of one another so that they would be united together and then in verse number or the next thought there is that they would have a great understanding that they would have a great understanding again in verse number two that their hearts would be comforted or encouraged that they would be knit together in assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of god it says that they would have the assurance of understanding. Paul craving and desiring that the church, the people would understand and gain a full assurance of knowing him. Really as we look at this, I've, I taught this a couple weeks ago and I keep hitting on the same things over and over and over again. And I pray that it's, it's a reminder to us. But as we passionately walk, really the only way that we can genuinely passionately walk in Him is to have an assurance and understanding of who He is. And the deeper that my assurance and understanding of who God is, the deeper my love continues and continues to grow. The same as I shared before, I knew Mindy, we've we've dated or been married for nearly 20 years. Early on, when I said for the first time, I love you, I may have meant that I love you. But today, when I say I love you, that means so much more than what it did then. Because when I was 18, 19 years old, and I said, I love you, yeah, I loved her. But today we've went through job changes. Today we've went through country, moving from uh, one part of the country to another part of the country. Today we've gone through children being in the ER because they were being kids. Today we've gone through so many different things. And our, our, our tears together today were different than our tears together then. And we've walked through things together. And we've walked through life together. And my I love you today means a whole lot more than my I love you 17, 18, 19, 20 years ago. The same as everybody else's testimony with the person that you sit beside as your spouse, or maybe it's that friend that you have, or whatever that would be. But as we look at these last, this last point, really, which leads into the the close of this, to understand that understanding is you and I putting our knowledge into action. Again, that understanding is that you and I are putting our knowledge into action. As we know them, that is we have an understanding that means we live or apply them things or the assurances of our life. Think about this. How can I look forward to the amazing blessing of heaven if I have a doubt of my being there based on a lack of assurance. Let me say that again. How can I genuinely look forward to what heaven has for me if I don't have a complete assurance that I will be there? Assurance is is that I know and I underst- I'm, the more that I am assured in understanding it, the more that I, 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 I trust it. I don't have a doubt. <coughs> Listen, I can get excited about heaven because I believe 100% there's not a doubt in my mind that I will be there. I can get excited about that. I can get excited about certain things of, of knowing God and walking with God because the more that I understand and the more that I'm acting on that, I am naturally now acting on what I'm th- knowing and it becomes more sure in my life. And the more sure that it is in my life, the more that I say, hey, this is real, I'm gonna do something about it. Listen, if I tell you this morning you have cancer, you're gonna look at me and you're gonna say, well, I, 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 that guy's not a doctor. I could stand here today and say, listen, Debbie, you have cancer. And Debbie, I believe you better go to the doctor and you better start getting some chemo because you have cancer. And she'll look at me like she's looking at me now. Why are you pointing me out in front of all these people? But listen, she will look at that And she may have a sickness or she may have something. But if I look at her and say, hey, I think all of those symptoms, I looked it up on WebMD. And they tell me that you're going to die tomorrow. She's going to look at that and she's going to go, pastor? She might think about it. But if I were a doctor and she was sitting in my doctor's office and I looked at her and I said, listen, ma'am. This is what the test says. And the test says that you have this, this, and this, and this is what we have to do. What is she going to do? She's been given a complete assurance based on all of the doctor and the medical staff and all the science that we have today. And she has all of those things and she's going to make a decision that I have to do this because this is what will happen. In our lives as Christians, so many times we just kind of go through the motions and we go, well, I'm going to do this because And there's no complete assurance in him. And if we have the assurance and the understanding, we naturally take the action because we know that it is true. I have no doubt in my mind there is funerals that I've preached where I stood there and I did not know. And I was in fear. Not in fear, but I just was in doubt for that family. I wish that I could tell them that their loved one is walking with Jesus this morning. But then there's been other times where I could stand in front of the people that are there and I could shout and scream and celebrate because I know without a shadow of a doubt based on their life and based on the fruit which they led that that person, listen, the loved one that you're seeing, the pictures that you're seeing, that person is in glory this morning and that person is walking on those streets of gold. But more than that, they are worshiping at the feet of Jesus and one day you can be there. There is two different things and I hope to and then I know without a shadow of a doubt doubt. And listen, the more that we understand God and the more that we are assured of who God is, the more that I can put action to my steps and I will believe it and I will live differently. And as we look at this, if we were to take this understanding and we were to really become action oriented and become passionate in our lives and our walk with Christ, guess what it says? The next thing is that we would walk with him. If I were to go through, and there's a lot of stuff in there, the next few verses, but it says, it's skipping through all of these things, it speaks of um, that, let me get where I'm at here, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you, and so we go through this where Paul is saying that there's going to be people that are going to come in, and they're going to give you false this, and they're going to teach you this, and they're going to try to encourage you in this, and, and Satan is going to come and try to ruin your good thing basically is what God or Paul was saying here. And then Paul says this, "For though I be absent, though I'm not with you right now, and I am in there, I'm I'm with you in spirit. I'm praying for you and I'm I'm excited for you." He says in verse number 5, and the steadfastness of your faith. Listen, church, because you stood strong. Because you have done those things. Because you've you've seen the joy of Christ. And because you've done all those things. As ye therefore, as you, because of this, because you've accepted Christ. Now go and walk in Him. Go and do it. I said it early on in the passage, or in the, in the introduction. What is it to walk with Him? It is that my heart is in union with with him and that my desire is to live and duplicate my life the best that I can according to him listen this morning as i wrap up this thought of walking with him i get for our core values walk with him is 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 really that idea of serving god and i think everything in me would say that I should have a, a wall or a, a bunch of tables this morning all lined up and that I should have all of the different ministry leaders and the children 's workers and and the the nursery worker and 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 the local mission stuff and and all the different things that we do we should kind of line up the wall and and you can go afterwards and you can sign up to do this and you can sign up to do that here's my plea my plea we need all of that but my plea is that we would become passionate about him that it's not even a thought of what we're doing we We just jump in because I am just walking in him. I am in union. I am in step with him. You've come alongside of of the church that you call home. And you're coming alongside of of me as the pastor and and the deacons or the the leaders of whatever ministries that are. And you're coming alongside and you're saying, hey, I'm with you, let's go. And that we are doing what God has called for us to do and walking in Him. There's a lot of things that I could probably present this morning. There's probably a lot of areas that when it comes to certain parts of ministry that, that we as a church could do better in. Let's just call it what it is. And I could present it better and I could I could package it so that When you walk through the doors, it's, hey, how are you? Why don't you sign up here? Because this is where we need you. I've said this for a long time, and there's areas of that that we have to do. My desire is that you would know Christ. That you would give your life to the Lord. That you would grow every day in Him, that you are having a, a better, more intimate devotional life, and that you are, are having a, a, a more intimate time with Him, and your family is growing in the Lord, and that all of those things, and out of that, the outpour of that, is that you are walking, you are serving God. And I'll I just be real honest. I believe that we are seeing some of the fruit of that right now. Man, there was a day where we had a children's worker in Kenny. Now today, we're not busting out of the seams with children's workers. But there's a team of people doing children's ministry. Today, there, there used to be a time where we were in need of specific things and we weren't, we weren't just that. It was that whole thing of, hey, you're a, you're a body that's alive. Can you come and do that? Hey, we still need you. But my desire for this church, for you, is that it's just the outpour of your heart. Listen, worship through songs. I love music, I want our music to be better. I want more instruments. I want more voices. I want more specials. And I want and I want and I want. And my list of wants for music is really, really big because I just love music and I love good music. But you know what? I shared it last week. My main desire isn't that we have great music, it's that we have a great heart in our music. My great desire isn't that we have 500 people sitting out here just raising their hands because that's the thing that you're supposed to do when a song is being sung, but that when the hand is raised, it's a genuine heart of I am just pouring out my life to Christ. The song that we sang, I give myself away. That isn't just a song that's being sung, but that when I'm standing in the crowd and I'm singing, I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. That my heart is opened up. And whether you sing with your hands lifted on high or you sing just like this, doesn't matter. Maybe you don't sing at all, but it's that you're growing to the place that your heart is broken before God. And it's a natural outpour to walk with Him. Why? Because of this right here. It says in verse 6, As ye have received Christ the Lord, so walk in Him. Listen, church. I'm just pleading with you this morning that you would walk in Him. That we would be, in verse 7, rooted and built up in Him that we would be established in the faith as we have taught and that we would give thanks in that. Church, those that are here as guests, I get that I'm speaking to a wide range of ages. I'm speaking to a wide range of people that may have been saved six months ago to may have been saved for 60 years. There may be people in this room that do not know Christ as Savior, and you might be sitting here, and you might be thinking, that dude is off his rock, or he was really doing a lot of screaming this morning. But listen to me, listen, as we have an assurance and the understanding of who Christ is, we ought to then act upon that. We can't any longer sit in a church and think that God is just going to bless us because we are doing a cute little thing. No, listen, God will bless us as we are prepared to be blessed and as we are growing in him, and God will allow us to grow in other things. And you know what that means? That means that we we may have to get punched in the gut and take that gut check. Hey, I'll be honest, there's been lots of those in the last several years. There's been lots of those in the last six months to a year in my personal walk with God and in my growth. Of Aaron, you want to see 200 people in the chairs? You might need to do some things in your life. Aaron, you want to reach this community? Then what are you doing personally to allow that to happen? What are you doing to teach your people to allow that to happen? How are we doing all these things? And there's all of that that goes into it. But listen this morning. Let me ask you. Are you walking in Him? Are you walking in Him? Do you know Him as Savior, as it says in verse number 6? As they came to know Jesus Christ their Lord. Do you know Jesus Christ your Lord? Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at OBCLV.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.